Do wives ever use sex as a weapon? I'm asking you honestly. I think we can. Yeah, I think if we're not, you know, operating within some healthy boundaries of understanding what sex is and the purpose of it, we can easily use it to manipulate or use it as a weapon to, you know, Hmm. hurt our spouse, hurt our husbands as a way. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever used sex as a weapon? No, because that's that's that was one of our one rules. We only had a few kind of going into marriage. (laughs) And that was one of them because someone told us, some mentor yeah. told us not to use sex as a weapon to hurt each other in terms of withholding or, right. you know, imposing your own desires on mm. someone. Well, I appreciate that wisdom. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, welcome. Today we're talking about sex as a weapon. So it we can, there's two sides to this, which of course we will unpack, but there's using it as a weapon, but also the weapon that it can be yes. in fighting in unity against the enemy, against temptation, against things like that. Uh, this is a very relevant episode for us, given what we've been going through recently, uh, but we will, as usual, share with you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. like we're a little scratchy and bumpy going into this one scratchy what do you mean by scratchy. that my voice feels scratchy <laughs> my voice oh, feels scratchy. <laughs> my throat feels scratchy it's not the rona okay it's just cold weather and it's dry early. weather and it's early we don't usually record in the mornings but our lovely friend miss kyla had her beautiful baby girl so she is at home snuggling that baby mm-hmm. girl, and Grammy's here, and Grammy could come in the morning. So when Grammy comes in the morning, that's yeah. when we record. It's been rough, you guys. And another reason that we didn't get – this is actually being recorded yeah. the day before it releases. Uh, another big reason is my, my dad, um, which you've heard us talk about. Uh, he and my mom, we obviously love them. My dad uh, is a Christian counselor. Anyway, he had a pretty bad heart attack yeah. last week, and so we've um, – we we just have been reeling from that. Yeah. And, uh, my my mom will typically help, but you they, can't go in hospitals. You can't. Uh, my mom will typically help with the podcast, but but my dad obviously yeah. being down and out. Although she can't even visit him, uh, it's just a mess because of uh, everything that's going on with the pandemic and government stuff. And yeah. anyway, so, yeah, when it rains, rough. it pours, guys. Oh, There's just been a lot going on. So yeah. we're coming here, showing up, showing up, and talking about marriage stuff because yeah. someone's got to do it and. It's the mission God has uh, assigned to us for this season, and so we are going to continue doing that. And so today is actually the output of us on our conversations around our this this kind of external struggle that we've been having with mm-hmm. you know my parents, my dad being in the hospital. Uh, that's kind of the trauma that that is, and the tragedy that that is. Also, with uh, everything that's happening in the world, it's caused all kinds of stuff to just kind of come up in our own lives. Our kids have been acting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids in our community group have been acting out. Uh, it's so there's this weird uh, this like warfare, 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 and that's kind of been the theme of the last couple episodes that we've been talking yes. about. Um, last week, I believe it was about prayer and how we can mm-hmm. engage 
um, and have an active prayer life in order to war off Mm -hmm. um, and to fight against the darkness and principalities that we are going to talk about or we've mentioned in Ephesians 6. Um, So, yeah, this is an extension of that as well. Yeah, and we're especially you may you may be aware. If not, I'm gonna just re- remind you. <laughs> Make you aware. <laughs> we're getting ready to record. So we've done our we're doing a gospel centered marriage uh, course slash content ecosystem. Yeah. And we've just finished a beta with uh, a bunch of you listeners, a bunch mm. of our patrons on Patreon, and uh, now we're getting ready to film. And it just feels like that is like becoming the last thing on our minds but yet it is the forefront of what we're doing in terms of fierce marriage right. so and god's affirming every step i feel like that we're doing every step we take right. and he's leading this and so of course there's going to be some some blowback there's going to be some whiplash there's going to be some you know but one of the things you said was we should be very very in, uh, intentional about our intimacy over the coming 2 weeks Yes. And that we need to be like the, we need to ramp up our frequency, like and just use it at. And this was you. This wasn't me trying to get. Uh, you no, know. because during the beta, if we're honest, it was a struggle Big because struggle. we had a lot going on, and yeah. the the intimacy part of our our marriage definitely suffered on some levels. Yeah. And I think that caused us to, you know, stumble um, not in like looking at images or anything like that, but it just caused us to not love each other well and be patient and being more combative. And so, um, there was just some underlying, uh, discord there. And so this time around, we're definitely trying to be, um, engaged and active in how we fight against things that are going to come up against us without a doubt. And seeing sex as a weapon in that fight, right? which, uh, I, I, that was profound when you brought that up to me. Um, and so I thought, let's, you know what, let's talk about that because, and let's, let's look into that more and see, A, is that even biblical? Right. Uh, B, what does that, what can that look like? Uh, and so that's what this episode is all about. Uh, real fast, I want to make mention um, of our Patreon community. Uh, it's a thriving group of listeners and readers who have decided mm. to join arms with us on mission. Uh, we, we This is an invita- invitation for you, listener, into that community. Uh, it's actually becoming more and more close-knit, but really it, it is... It, <laughs> Like we do this, this is our life, this is yeah. what we do. And so we're looking for the church um, to uh, partner with us. One of the verses that keeps coming to mind, uh, I'm see if I can find it real fast, but it's Galatians 6 to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And he's talking about the church bearing with one another. And so we've really leaned on that community mm. of people. Anyway, there are free things. <laughs> like we hope that you we, you can also lean on us in that yeah. and that we can bear your burdens in a sense and we can give you uh, gospel-centered marriage uh, um, I guess advice or thinking or uh, you know ways of processing or tools so just go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage you can find all the info there uh, we would love to have your partnership okay so sex as a weapon uh, again we mentioned it on the intro there's two sides to this coin right uh, we can see sex as uh, okay if you think about weaponizing it within a marriage Anytime you weaponize anything, it's this, I have the, I am in the place of power on this. Right. right? right. And I'm going to withhold it as a means, as a chess piece, as a means to get, to advance my side of the board. Right. 
I want to get what I want, so I'm going to use it as a weapon. And I'm going to either going to use it as a negative weapon or as a positive weapon. I mean, I'm going to withhold it or I'm going to use it uh, to manipulate how you feel mm-hmm. about me mm-hmm. so that I can get past you and get on to the thing that I actually want. Right. So this is obviously the way that we discourage you know, yes. wielding this yes. tool of intimacy um, as it's obviously hurtful and productive and selfish. And I think a way of um, kind of defiling the marriage bed, like hmm. taking taking away from the purity of it, hmm. maybe not in the defiling sense of, you know, yeah. extramarital affair or anything, but I think that it is, it's taking away from the purity that the Bible calls us to engage in within right. the marriage covenant. Yeah. Yeah. It perverts the meaning of intimacy. Yes. The whole point of intimacy is to be vulnerable and to experience uh, love with your spouse in a very physical, visceral way. Mm -hmm. And also there's the purposes of sex, which aren't just pleasure. That's part of it. But also there's procreation and there's Mm -hmm. uh, being fully known and fully loved and being exposed and still loved in your imperfections and how that's a a tiny reflection or maybe even a big reflection Mm. of the gospel. And so when we weaponize this gift... Mm. We take something that God created for for our good, for his glory, mm-hmm. and we now make it into something that's for our glory, mm. for our selfish gain, for mm. our selfish good, and not our selfless display of giving to one another. Right. And right. so that's that 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 is obviously yes, like Selena said, we discourage that. Right. Uh, sex is not a weapon in that way. We can weaponize more th- things than sex. Today we're, right. we're specifically talking about sex. Right. So the way that we're moving forward in terms of this podcast episode is is how we can um, wield our sex life and intimacy intimacy uh, to build up kind of our mm. unity to be on mission together to push back the darkness, the forces of evil, to be actively engaged. Um, with each other in order to further that perspective and view that mm. that we are worth fighting for. Marriage, uh, sex is a gift from God. It's me. It's designed to be enjoyed. Huh. Um, and we, yeah. I guess, I just wanted to talk about quickly, um, you know, a little caveat here because whenever we talk about sex, there's always some sort of past abuse, maybe addiction or physical uh, drawbacks or struggles. Um, And again, the goal of this episode is not to gloss over those things or just look past them, but, or even just say like, Hey, do these things and you'll have better sex life and you'll keep off the, you know, the bad guru or juju, whatever (laughs) guru. (laughs) What What we're saying is that we believe a healthy, intimate life needs to be cultivated over time. And it means that you and your, your spouse can face some of these struggles without fear and the full hope, uh, because of, and Mm. with full hope because of Jesus, full hope for healing, for reconciliation. And by God's grace, you'll be able to move into a healthier place of intimacy. Um, and so the goal here is to kind of highlight and paint a fuller picture of intimacy that, you know, we're working, why are we working so hard to find unity, to experience, you know, pleasure in this area and to to engage in the beauty that is sex like Mm. it it not only does it unify us physically but spiritually again enabling us to war against the darkness and principalities in ephesians 6 and it also reminds us to it's ephesians 6 verse 10 that reminds us where to go and to find our strength to fight this and it says finally be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might and when you read his might i think there's words there's it's like his authority, right? His power, not. So that hmm. means. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Probably, well, but I'm, I'm wondering, saying that. Engage, yeah, I'm wondering. That's an wh- obedience call in some ways, and not. I'm not gonna 
fight the way I think I should fight, but hmm. we're going to fight together by engaging in. I'm wondering, I know what you're saying. I'm wondering how we get from Ephesians six ten to sex as a way to fight these spiritual battles. Cause that's not what Ephesians six ten is talking about. Well, it says after that, it's saying like put on the armor of God. And okay. so the armor that we're taking on is not our own armor. It is something that comes from the Lord. And so what the, the line there, the, the connecting the dots here is when we are f- again, identifying God's design of sex, mm-hmm. we're, we're under that authority Good. and, and, and yeah. that this is what it's for procreation, pleasure, unifying helps us fight. When we are unified, when we're engaging in, in the way that God has designed it, we're we're saying we're going to go be strong in his His might and his power hmm. and his ways. Huh. We're not going to engage in our own and say, I'm going to use this as I'm going to hold this over you. I'm not, this yeah. is, this is, we're choosing to fight the way that the Lord has instructed us to fight and with his might and his power behind us by being obedient and submissive in ways that maybe we, that might rub us wrong. Hmm. Yeah. So what comes to mind there is, okay, so you're, what I hear you saying is Ephesians 6 is all about, uh, it's armoring up, armoring up. Right. So Paul makes a case, the first three chapters, here's the grace that you were called into as, as Gentiles, you know, and being that the Gentiles are now adopted in because of Christ and there's this new reality. Right. right? And then the last three chapters of Ephesians are him saying, here's how you live out that reality, live in light of yes. that reality. Yes. And it culminates in this last passage Ephesians six ten through 20, where he says, now put on the full armor mm-hmm. and like basically gird up your loins, get ready for spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I think we talked about this in detail in one of the past episodes. Uh, so I hear you saying that. And then what I also hear you saying, although you haven't mentioned it yet, it's in this rundown we have here is first Corinthians seven, mm-hmm. where Paul is saying, don't withhold right. sex from your spouse right. by any, for any other reason other than to pray mm-hmm. and to spiritual sp- yeah for a spiritual as a spiritual discipline yeah and so that th- there's all kinds of stuff that that can be pulled out of that like okay so he's basically saying like this is not like basically he's saying do not weaponize this thing don't withhold for any other reason other than you're in agreement right don't weaponize it against each other yes against but each weaponize other. it as Right. And so when Paul talks about in Ephesians putting on the full armor, you're making the connection that that full armor is many things. One of the many things is scripture and is what God tells us about how the world works and how we work as individuals. As believers. Yes. Okay. So. Sorry, that might have been a foggy line in my head. It, It sounded clearer than it did. But being strong when he's saying finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Hmm. His might is displayed to us through his law and through his power and through his instructions, through his authority, right? Mm, and yeah. so us subscribing, not subscribing, submitting to his might, his authority gives us strength to do what he's called us to do and to live the way he's called us to live. Hmm. Yeah. That being in marriage, how do we live out this thing called marriage? How do we, why are we supposed to have sex regularly as a married couple? Huh. Yeah, let's let's read paul uh in first corinthians 7 just so we can start from there and then we'll go into the um how intimacy is a weapon against Mm -hmm. the darkness okay Mm -hmm. i just want to root ourselves in that so this is first corinthians 7 starting in verse 1 now concerning the matters about which you wrote 
It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. That's what they wrote to him. So he's recapping what they said. And then he's answering, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, before you get too scared, likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack mm. of self-control. Uh, Interesting enough here, I when I read, you know, but because of the temptation of sexual immorality, you should have a wife and a husband, right? Like I'm like, oh, so we got we're married just, so young. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just like a, a, you know, a place to. I mean, God could have made it so much more utilitarian, I think, and and He mm. just. He gifts it to us. And Paul, the way Paul writes about it, I don't know. Paul and I need to have some conversations. <laughs> it's, it it yeah. just, it feels a little more like, he's instructing. And I get that. He's well, instructing. Again, you have to and know so, the context of First Corinthians right, too. And the, right. Corinth was a very worldly yes. city. And there was a lot of kind of well, misconceptions about love, misconceptions yeah, about a sex, lot of sexual immorality. Of sex, a lot of it. <laughs> and and so, so he's speaking specifically to that right. issue. And I think that God is so good, right, in his gift to us that it's not just a place for us to just like, hmm. you know, <laughs> have our physical uh, experience and be done with it. Yeah. But it is it is more involved than that. And it's yeah. a way of proc- of procreating. It's a way of mm-hmm. experiencing deeper unity. Like it could have just been like, oh, it's just physical. That's it. So the language that hits me in this is that uh, there's two kind of d- opposing terms. It's having and giving. Yeah. So you have a wife. You have a husband. You give to your wife. You your conjugal rights. You give to your husband his mm-hmm. conjugal rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you a husband does not have authority over his home body, the, his own body. The wife has the authority. Right. The husband has the authority over the wife's. So it's you see what's happening here yeah. is this. It's this intertwined relationship. Right. It's not I have my authority, my own body, right. and I, I I am my own it's person. Me, it's it's I am yours. You are mine. Yeah. And that We're is a, that is a, that we, we are, are one. one. Yeah, yeah. And that's again that's one flesh union that's all the way back to Genesis that became one flesh. Right. Jesus cites the same thing. So there's the sense that I am no longer mine. Right. A lot of, there's a lot of individuals that are married right now. Right. And they're, they're in a two flesh marriage. Right. And they're not in a one flesh marriage. Uh, and they don't, they don't live as if they're one flesh, right. at least. I think they are one flesh. They just don't live like it. They're constant. And what happens there is if you const, if you're a one flesh union and you're living as two flesh, what is that? That's torn. Mm. That is flesh torn. It's painful. It's painful. It bleeds. It is. In, it injures your union. It injures your, your no, no piece of flesh is right. fully functional right. in a healthy way. Right. And so th- this is really important language. And so when we talk about sex, because sex is the mechanism that that uh, consummates marriage. Mm-hmm. There's a one flesh kind of spiritual union, but there's also a one very literal one flesh uh, uh, physical union that happens when you make children by the grace of God. That's a miracle. Every time it happens around the world every day that we are able to conceive and bear children. Uh, And so it's just, it's so profound. And so what, what, 
how sex plays into the one flesh union is what I'm trying to get at. Right. In that, the, as a as a weapon. So if we are uh, unified in this and we're wielding sex as the gift it is, and we are even abstaining for prayer, mm-hmm. that's a weapon too. Like we're saying, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna abstain. We're gonna we're gonna hold back our our fleshly desires, which are uh, good in a sense. Uh, within the covenant, of within marriage. the covenant of marriage, we're going to hold back because we feel God calling us to to abstain for the purpose of agreement, for the purpose of prayer, for the purpose of devotion right. to God. Right. So that's a really profound thing. Yes. Um, I'm trying to reconcile, and this is just in real time. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Those were the Corinthians mm. talking. Yeah. And he and Paul saying, well, because of the temptation for sexual immorality, you should each have your own like husband or wife. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, because that's the way basically God designed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's gifts in that. So I'm thinking of Ecclesiastes, right? That, well, Genesis, Genesis one and two, when God said it is good, everything he created is good. And then the one time that he starts saying it is not good is when man is alone. Yeah. So reconciling this, um, yeah. Um, so their idea of it's not good for man to be alone. Ecclesiastes four talks about two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall, one will lift yeah. one up. And if two lie together, they keep warm. Um, and if, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quite quickly broken. Yeah. So, okay. So I know there's a lot of pieces the, at play here. I want to address the question you raised though. It says, uh, the first part says it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. That's what they asked him. That's so, what the Corinthians were asking him. Right. But he does speak directly to that further on down. He says, uh, this is first Corinthians, um, chapter seven in verse 25. Now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. I think that in view of the present distress, it is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. If you are free from a wife, do not seek to be, do not seek a wife. Okay. Pause. Are you free from a wife? That's different language. Okay? Right. You are now, you're free from this. It makes it sound like you're, you're free from like this little ball and chain. <laughs> uh, do not seek to be bound to a wife. Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. Okay? This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. Okay? That, 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 yeah. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. Uh, and so what he's what he's getting at is not saying, like, you've made a mistake. Now live as if you were single. He's saying live. So he goes on to talk about worldly cares and worldly anxieties and uh, and godly cares, godly anxieties. And he's saying care for and stay in the thing that you're in. It is good. It is not a sin. It is good. Mm-hmm. But live as if Christ is most is, is paramount. Right. Live as if the gospel is still the most important thing. And what happens there is that ends up trickling down. And now we actually care for our wives and our husbands even better mm. uh, with that priority. So he's, he's establishing priority here. It's not one or the other. He's saying that uh, live as if the gospel is, is, is the primary thing. You're so smart. And so how that then, um, that, I feel like, and so he's trying to calibrate the Corinthians here because mm-hmm. they had this very skewed view of sex, sexual relations, marriage, love. That's why First Corinthians 13 is all about love. Mm-hmm. Like they had this very skewed view of these things, very worldly mm. uh, perspectives. How far we've come. And he, 
<laughs> yeah, how, oh, how culture has evolved and, and progressed. Um, no, Quote, we still fake, <laughs> still face the exact same problems today, and so we can be calibrated in the same way. Right. And so we're trying to calibrate ourselves on the view of sex in light of marriage. So yes, yeah, so live in a way that is holy. Like not a like yes, as if Jesus is paramount. That was well said. Good job, Ben. Yeah, thank Ready you. Go. I appreciate that. So, uh, it's just a question I had trying to reconcile the Bible. Okay, I'm so, glad you can do that on the fly. <laughs> it's one well, reason I love you. Well, that's, re- that's that's the reason these episodes aren't 25 minutes long too, because right. we do spend some time trying to get down to the root of it, and it, it, we have to spend time getting there. Right. Okay. So, how is intimacy a weapon um, specifically? Let's get into that. So. We've, I think we've established the the idea and the biblical precedent or the biblical proof that mm-hmm. intimacy is good. We are to enjoy it. We, we, we are to give freely mm-hmm. to our spouse. Mm-hmm. Again, we're barring any sort of physical uh, inhibition, physical difficulty. And obviously, if you're going through some sort of breach of trust, uh, we're not saying just... just ignore Go for that. it and ignore it. Yeah. We're no. saying that this is all things cons- equal, right. meaning that you're in a fairly unified place in a fairly healthy place right um yep painting that bigger picture of yeah. when we are what we are fighting for and why mm-hmm. we're fighting for this unity so that we can continue to push back the darkness continue to battle the way that god has intended for us mm-hmm. as a married couple to battle i mean he says it in ephesians 6 like we do not wage war against flesh and blood it is different the war the spiritual war that we are fighting mm. we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic mm-hmm. powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So our fighting and battling is going to look different. It's going to look like prayer. It's going to look like unity within our marriage. Oh, what is wow. that? What is that? Unity as a weapon. I never thought of that, but that's, that's well, essentially that's what we're getting basically what we're saying. Yeah. Intimacy okay. as a weapon, which is our first point um, against the darkness, is that it's unifying. Again, we talked about Genesis 1 and 2. God said, it is good. That, you know, I created this, he created the heavens and the earth. It is good. It is good. All these six days of, or four, I don't know. I can't remember what day he created a man. Was it five? Six. Day. Six. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was six. I'm just questioning myself a lot these days <laughs> okay. lately. Um, but it, it is not good for man to be alone. And we can feel lonely in our marriage without sexual intimacy. We can become isolated in our own marriage. You talked about that. If we aren't actively fighting back the darkness through cultivating a healthy, intimate life. Hmm. So unity is the biggest, I think I would argue the biggest reason why Hmm. we need to engage actively in sex. You said, you just said something that I do not want to gloss over. It says, you said cultivating a healthy, Mm -hmm. intimate life. Mm -hmm. I I just want to be crystal clear where sex is not just a physical exchange. It's not a physical act. Right. It involves physicality for sure, but it's not just, okay, we're going to wham, bam. Thank you. Man. Yes. Thank you. We're not just going to get the physical thing done and therefore we're good. It's no, it's cultivating a healthy, what'd you say? Intimate, intimate. life. And I think we just, de- if we didn't define intimacy, let's go ahead and do that right now. Yeah, go ahead. Intimacy is being fully known and fully loved on every level, on every level, physical, emotional, spiritual. Mm. It's a sharing of mutual knowledge and mutual affection for each other. Mm. Um, and again, today we're talking more specifically about physical intimacy, but it is usually it is a very symptom intertwined. Of, yes, go ahead. The symptom of the spiritual, yes. uh, relational intimacy yes. and any health you experience or don't experience in the area is almost always a result of what's right. happening right. in your relational life, right. uh, emotional, uh, you know, how that's 
dynamic is playing so out. I yeah. want to jump around a little bit on these on the ways that intimacy can be used as a weapon against the darkness. We talked about unity. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate more on that, but the second one I want to talk about is is boundaries. I know that was a big one and exclusivity. Mm. Uh, yeah. We were discussing this kind of last night, just talking a little bit more about how um, boundaries and that God puts into place are again mm. not to inhibit our our joy but to actually deepen it and to, Mm. but that, and again, but you know, I'm talking about like, I'm thinking happiness and joy. Like God is not here to give us, he's not our like entertainment cruise director, right? Like our deepest joys are found in him and our deep joys don't often look like worldly happiness, worldly joys. They often do. Yes. Okay. Like I have a smile on my face (laughs) because I love God and I feel loved by him, but you know, it doesn't mean that you, everything else is just dandy all the time. Right. Because your biggest security is in Christ. Right. So these boundaries, they keep good things in and growing and thriving while also keeping bad things out. So, okay. We're talking about spiritual warfare. I want to, you say bad things out. I'm thinking like demonic, uh, you know, like demonic forces. C.S. Lewis said we make we can make I think it was him we can make two mistakes when it comes to spiritual w- realities mm-hmm. right we can either give them too much power or we don't give them enough we we you know we talk about them yeah. too much we don't talk about them enough so we got to find a balance there I don't feel like in our lives we've been under demonic attack however I know that the the enemy is alive and well and he is doing what he's doing and one of the things that I think he is doing right now in our culture is breaking the uh, the household yeah like he's deconstructing deconstructing it. yeah the household and even roles in terms mm-hmm. of husband and wife man and woman yeah. and so sexual gender fluid you know like there's all that mm, just yeah the, it's funny how the, it's devaluing um it, it can devalue someone's Anyway, I don't want to get too far into that. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is when we talk about boundaries and how sex a- as a weapon, basically we're saying that, okay, we are not fighting against each other. Now we are together. We are one unit. Mm-hmm. We are fighting you, enemy. We're fighting right. darkness with truth, with life, with light, with right. obedience. It's with God's saying, might. It's his We power. are one flesh. You are not part of that. We are fighting you. Yeah. We're typically, if around intimacy issues we're fighting each other because we're, mm. we're i'm not feeling like you're giving me what i need i'm not giving you what you need right. and i deserve this or you deserve that and that can put us again that divides us and this is saying that we are so intrinsically one flesh right. that we are going to be close intimately uh yeah. m- right now especially more often because we recognize that we need to fight together and this is how we stay together this is how we stay vulnerable to one another this is how we stay available to one another I would argue that this goes maybe with what uh, was spoken in First Timothy in six: fight the good fight of faith, hmm. uh, take hold of eternal life, to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Makes me think of uh, we had a friend recently who said we were they were kind of confiding in us, and mm-hmm. they they had said they were fighting um, and kind of just animo. What's they what was the word that that they used? Uh, I don't know because I can't. You know. They were kind of at each other's. Uh, they were just not being kind to each other. Yeah. Okay. They were fighting combative. each other. Combative. There okay. it is. They were being combative. <laughs> and the wife just said, "You know what? We just need to. We just need to make time and just go and and have sex because we we just need to <laughs> stop talking, talking about, about it. it. We like, need to stop processing. We just need to go and be one flesh. Right. We just need yeah. to go join and and be vulnerable. Yeah." Uh, and so that, that to me was profound because you've said similar things in weeks past. You said, yeah. we just need, like, we're fighting and we're Can't. just going to, we just need to stop 
fighting. Hug it out. <laughs> hug it out married people style, <laughs> as, as we say. Okay, let's move on to the next one, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about it as a weapon, intimacy unifies you. Yes. It I, creates boundaries. Yes. Um, sorry, I was just thinking about fighting the good faith. The fight, fight the good fight of faith in First Timothy okay. six, and I just want to stop there for a minute because it says, "But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, uh, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Hmm. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses." So it's. It's this is again how we're fighting the good fight of faith, pursuing righteousness, pursuing love, pursuing godliness, faith, steadfastness, gentleness. Hmm. I don't see how intimacy would fall outside of these things, is what I'm trying to say. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. So uh boundaries. Boundaries it unifies us. Yeah. You have pleasure in here. Okay, so how is pleasure part? Like how we say that? Pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> well, Ecclesiastes, I think it's Ecclesiastes 6. It says, enjoy the wife of your youth. Of your youth. Um, this idea of pleasure, it's not, again, our primary function or objective as believers, right? We're not trying to seek the most pleasure and happiness and joy. John Piper would disagree. God. Okay. He, 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 the Christian hedonism I thing. I guess I mean, okay. Saying that our greatest pleasure is in God himself. So yes, therefore. Not our own you're like, saying find it anywhere other than, in, other obeying, than in obeying God. Yes. yes. And so God created sex to be an enjoyable gift. And it is to his glory that we are mutually enjoying it. And it's a benefit. The There's a couple arguments here around pleasure. Some people, some Christians, like sincere Christians, believe that sex should only be a used, like it's a utilitarian thing. Like we only engage in sex when we're trying to procreate. Um because of just the rise of pornography and the idea of pleasure around that, right? And materialism. And materialism, yes. And yeah. so... Um, what I mean by that is not buying things. It's that the material world is all there is. That's, I just want to be clear. Surfacey, good, yeah. No, I so that like, the physicality of sex is m- oftentimes it's far more heavily weighted than the emotional and spiritual toll that sex takes. That's why you see pornography so rampant because we, we dehumanize uh, each other. Right. And you see hookup culture and, you know, well, and there's a longing to be one. There's a longing to be loved. But they think that's just feel... physical is what they, right. That's, the that's thing. what I'm yeah. saying. And, but physical only goes so far. It's, it's, it's not that, that, that fulfills that it's the God designed mm-hmm. it to be yeah. physical, spiritual, emotional, all of that. And so I think you press into too deeply into one or the other and it becomes obviously hurtful and it's, yeah. um, yeah, it's not the way God designed it. So, pleasure as a means of a weapon when if we are not enjoying the good gifts of god we are created for enjoyment we are created for pleasure he's designed our bodies and all of us to feel things a certain way but if we are not finding that within the confines of marriage we are going to go elsewhere for that Hmm. and so does that make sense is why i feel like it's a weapon uh yes because marriage god created marriage to be we're, we're, we're it's the place where this happens. Where yes, I don't know that that's a safe thing to say. That if you don't get everything that you're meeting Not, in okay. sex in your own marriage, you're going to go somewhere else. Agreed. That's that's the definition of fighting the good fight fight of faith. Right, is 
trusting that God's way is better, you're not going to go find it elsewhere. So I, you said I it in a way more, that it's a guarantee. Sure. I really didn't no, mean no, that. no, you're right. You're right. I think it's more of a, temp, a temptation. It, temptation. That's yeah. what Paul's talking about. Yes. I think that yeah. not enjoying each other the way that God has designed can leave us open for temptation. That would be a better way to say it. Can you edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so this does beg the question of what if uh, there a lot of wives write in um, saying like sex is just not great. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. And it's not, it doesn't enjoyable. feel great. It's not, it's not enjoyable. enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, what do we do? And so we don't mean to gloss over that because some people don't feel physical pleasure in the same way. Right. And some marriages are still struggling through that. Just know that we're not trying to ignore that. Right. I think there are, by God's grace, there are ways to move forward and we would advise you to uh, get help medically or, or even with counseling, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but but you're saying that by partaking in this gift, and let's We're let's talk about sinning. that. We're not sinning. Yeah, you're not sinning, and you are you're saying that I am stepping into uh, to enjoy the good gift that sex is, whether it's physically pleasurable or not. Because there are lots of times when it's when a little more functional, a little more functional. For, and, and for you, you've said this is getting really personal, but I, that's what we do. Is at times you're just like, I'm good. Like I'm good. We just we're we. This can be just a. Uh, a less rapturous thing. Right. <laughs> and, and you're saying, just so you know, I'm okay and that's fine. And I'm, I love you. And so, right. and, and then I'm still here with you. We're still yes. engaging mutually, even though physically it's, but you are still very much engaged emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually in that sense. So I just wanted to clear the air I around that's that. That's good. Okay. So the final one, and I love Does this. Does that make sense? The the, yeah, sex okay. as a means of engaging in prayer, repentance, and forgiveness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this sounds a little odd because we it's don't mean that you pray while you're having sex. Things. Yeah, no, but it's hard to articulate these ideas of how sex is a godly weapon, I think, in fighting off temptation. It's fight. It's remind. It's fighting off pride in this instance, mm-hmm. right? We're fighting off. Wait, wait, this- wait, wait, wait. What do you mean fighting off pride? What What do you mean by that? Pride meaning I don't need a savior. I can save myself and do the things that I want to do. Like, And how is sex? I'm really confused. Genuinely. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So sex as a means of engaging in prayer, repentance, and forgiveness. So okay. if there has been withholding or a wrong weaponizing of sex within your marriage, then there needs to be some steps taken. If we've had an addiction, right? Or if we've dealt with brokenness or infidelity, there needs to be, first of all, prayer. Um, God, how do we handle Mm -hmm. this? Where do we go? What do we do? Who do we talk to? Um, And then, of course, eventually there's going to be repentance and confession of that sin. So this is the exercise, you know, the life of a believer is, you know, repentance and forgiveness. So it becomes a gauge by which we can tell when it's time for us. We recognize our own pride is what you're trying to say. I'm withholding for reasons that are not godly. Right. I'm repenting, I'm turning around, or I have not engaged for reasons that are fear-based, shame-based, or somehow not informed and ruled by the gospel. Yes. Therefore, I need a savior. That's what you're getting. Yes. Well, I'm, 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 remi- I'm being reminded <clears throat> right now that I'm acting in selfishness and not in selflessness. I am not submitting oh. to the God's way of love. I, I am okay. not submitting to his design for sex when I am withholding or when I'm weaponizing it. This could go husband or wife too, yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So I think it's, again, it's a constant reminder. I mean, Paul just talked about it. We just read it about how my body is not my own. Yours is not yours. But we are called to love as Christ loved the church, to submit. Um, and mm. I want to be careful with those words. Again, we need to understand the biblical authority and theology behind 
the message that is there. It's not yeah. God is, is not shying away from the word submission. <laughs> I love it. And Paul did not write. Uh, he didn't write those words for us. It's not a whoops today. He, it, but the truth, he, those words are timeless because they're scripture. But they, I love that you said that. He's God's not like somehow like oh I put the wrong word in there and it's going to be offensive to <laughs> people in twenty yeah. twenty or so. That's okay. So what I hear you saying is that sex is almost like a check engine light that comes on in your marriage. Yeah. The, the health of your sex life will, if it's unhealthy, you'll see it. It'll be an indicator right. that there's something under the hood that is not functioning properly that needs to the attention right. of a mechanic or our attention. Our we savior. need to maintain right. this thing. And so, okay. It's sex is not, it does not fall outside of the bounds of a believer. Like we, it, it is fully okay. within and requires prayer, repentance, and forgiveness. Okay. Because I think that sometimes... Yeah, you use the word engaging in prayer, repentance, and forgiveness. I think maybe gauging would be a better word. Okay. Just gauging it because cause you're, you're totally right. When our, just in our lives, maybe that's why we're saying this is because this has been our experience. <laughs> if our sex life is not healthy, it's it's a check engine light, something's right. wrong. There's a symptom of something spiritually going on with us, And typically. it could be priorities. It yes. doesn't mean that we're off, you know, finding... Uh, our satisfaction elsewhere. It's like maybe our priorities are on, are yeah. wrong. Maybe we have not communicated well right. in in hard seasons. We're yeah. heading into a difficult season. Yesterday, I was just like, we need to stay unified in the <laughs> next three weeks. It's going to be very very busy. You're going to get angry. You're going to get frustrated. Never. <laughs> we I, and I want. We just need to be unified that we're not yes. going to do that. Yes. That we are going to fight for each other, not against oh, each other. The good fight of faith. Pray for us, people. <laughs> yeah. Pray for me. Okay. Okay. So let's recap real fast. Uh, intimacy as a weapon against the darkness. Okay. So it's intimacy unifies, uh, in seeking pleasure the way God designed that is a weapon because we're taking part in something that's good. That, that is basically us saying that we understand that you've made this good and closing the door on any unrighteousness. Yes. Closing the door on temptation. Yeah. Um, sex as a means of gauging our own kind of health. And that usually means there's a lack of prayer, repentance, or forgiveness somewhere. Uh, and then, it's also a means of creating boundaries um, that keep bad things out and good things in. And we're saying that we are unified. Enemy, you are not part of this unity. Right. We are against you. Yeah. And being very overt in that declaration in the practice of living. We were all over the place with those, but I feel like that summary well, might and have the God that we together. that we follow and that who is our God, he has no equal. Mm. Oh. And so that's where I want to just drop that because that's so powerful for us to yep. engage in and to live in and to walk in. When I mm. engage and I submit, you know, my mm. n- my desire to manipulate you with sex or intimacy or to withhold, I am not I am not wielding that tool properly. Mm. And I am going to submit to the ways of God to fight the good fight. He has said, this is how you fight. So I need to submit my way of fighting, trusting mm. that I, we will bear fruit, that we will be unified that we will experience each other uh the way that god has intended Mm, that's good it's always better than ours that's really good so the heart of this i'm going to attempt to kind of bring it all around (laughs) because it feels like we've been processing a lot in kind of real time uh more than usual again we just told you at the beginning how everything has been so kind of out of sync in our lives and there's been some tragedy and some things we're dealing with so we appreciate your grace in some that. Some high highs and some low lows. There's very, been very, some big, big leaps here. And we're not out of the clouds yet. Um, we're not out of the fog yet. We still have a lot to go. So uh, 
we made the oh, very specific declaration in our own marriage, and maybe this is a, a, a challenge to you, mm. fierce couple, fierce wife, fierce husband, uh, to recognize and maybe even weaponize sex against the en- enemy, to weaponize your intimacy as a means for keeping you ridiculously unified, mm-hmm. as a means to eschew distraction. Mm. And eschew unrighteousness in mm. your marriage, I mean, meaning go around and avoid distraction and righteousness. Mm. So maybe that's a call to you. And sex is not only just a gift, but it is, a, it is the means by which you live out mm. very tangibly. There's lots of ways, but this is one of the main ways you live out very tangibly what it means to be one flesh, mm. that you submit yourself to each other, you give of yourself, you have one another, giving and having, as Paul was talking mm-hmm. about, and you are so intrinsically intertwined and and unified in that and how that can be a force for good in your immediate life, but a force for devastation in the enemy's mm. advances, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know, I hope that all makes sense. I hope we've made a good case for it. I know that uh, we're really uh, pressing into that reality over the coming weeks. We will report back... <laughs> <laughs> with, with uh, does, it, <laughs> does it mean that every every opposition just automatically ends? I don't think so, but it does mean that we are now uh, fighting from the same like shoulder to shoulder instead of face to face. We're fighting on the same battlefront together, yeah. Yeah. and that allows us then to lift our eyes and be about God's work, as Paul talks about in First Corinthians seven. It allows us to now engage in the spiritual warfare and not marital warfare. Yeah to turn and say, wait a second, he's got us divided against these, ourselves. Right. The battle. Let's turn these us. guns toward him. Yeah. And let's, let's fight. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Battle cry. Hurrah. Ah. <laughs> All right. All right. Selena. Um, I think that's enough. Do you want to pray? <laughs> <laughs> sure. God, thank you for the gift of sex. Uh, pray mm. for continued wisdom around wielding this gift and tool that it is for your glory. Father, I pray for unity among marriages that are no doubt under enormous pressures Mm. uh, of today. I pray for a path forward, uh, for clarity around what those next steps might be to be able to engage uh, actively and fully uh, with each other. You are so good. God, we just humble ourselves before you. We trust you. We give our lives to you, Father. Um, Just bless all the listeners that are listening. Unify them. uh, In your name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining Mm. us once again for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. I'd like to remind you, if you want to partner with us, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Just go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's lots of details there. Everything matters. Everything counts. Uh, We'd rather have... Uh, a thousand of you at the two dollar a month level yeah. than uh, than one of you at uh, thousands of dollars a month because that means that it's the army of Christ uh, working together. So anyway, it does it does help us a lot. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah. With all that said, this episode is in the can, and we will see you once again uh, in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.